Welcome to Career Central with Lorraine Beeman. In this program, you will hear from career management experts who will provide guidance and strategies to help you advance or change your career. Now, here is your host, Lorraine Beeman. Welcome to Career Central. I'm Lorraine Beeman, your host of an hour totally committed to helping you achieve your career goals by providing strategies you can implement immediately. Our guest today is Andy Storch. Andy is the author of Own Your uh, Own Your Career, Own Your Life. And you, you know, if you're a frequent listener, you um, know that we always end the show saying, you know, manage your career because you're the only one qualified to do it. Well, Andy takes us back one step before that. Andy helps us figure out what career we want to have so that we can manage it. And so I am so excited to have him on the show today. For those of you that are thinking, oh, am I in the right career, changing careers? Just an FYI, the average American changes careers between three and seven times in their lifetime. Now, that's not jobs. That is careers. And so Andy is the guy that's going to help us figure out how to make that change. If you're just graduating, what career are you going to launch? If you're in your 40s or 50 and going, I don't like this, what am I going to do next? So that's why Andy is here. So Andy, welcome to Career Central. Lorraine, thank you so much for having me on. I'm really excited to be here and to speak with you and your audience. Well, Andy, why don't you just share with us your career path, how you got started and and how you wound up where you are today? Yeah, well, I was going to say as you were you were explaining that uh, you know the average person these days will have three to seven different career changes, not just job changes, but career changes. I think I've already had about ten career changes okay. on my way to getting me to where I am today, and that's okay. There's there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, and you know, everything I talk about today, I always like to say this. You know, none of this is about feeling guilty for anything that you've done in the past. It's about you know, figuring out where you are now and where you want to get to and then start taking action to moving, you know, and moving forward. So as far as my career story, I grew up in a, you know, pretty normal family in Orlando, Florida. There was a lot of pressure to uh, get a college degree and go out and get a career. And so I did that. I got a four-year degree from the University of Florida and I got into, uh, tried a couple different jobs. I got into a management training program that I didn't like. And then I discovered the world of entrepreneurship uh, after reading a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. And uh, I moved across the country from Florida to California and uh, got involved in some startups. I joined a couple startups. I started a couple companies. Uh, none of them worked out. They were all big failures or rather the startups I joined, I worked for terrible bosses uh, and those didn't work out. And then the companies I started didn't work out either. And I eventually needed to get a job or felt like I did and got back into the corporate space. And I got into uh, the insurance world. I worked for a workers comp company and then uh, a very large property and casualty company out in Los Angeles. And uh, along the way, I got my MBA at the University of Southern California in LA, and um, which was a fantastic experience. And also while I was there or right before I started, I discovered the idea of the importance of networking when I read a book called Never Eat Alone by Keith Ferrazzi in 2005, the year it came out and went on a mission to meet as many people as I could and, and connect with them as many people as I could and was rewarded by being elected president of the MBA program I was in of about 700 students uh, because uh, I think for no other reason than I just knew more people than anybody else, right? I just talked to more people uh, and we could go into all that if, if you want to. Um, and then I got a very lucky, uh, a friend got me a job with a really cool consulting company. I moved to San Francisco 
to move for a consult, uh, work for a consulting company called BTS. Uh, and I got to travel all over the world, uh, creating and running workshops for large companies, um, teaching executive development, leadership development, strategy, finance, things like that. And uh, a few years ago, I made a move out of there to become more of an independent consultant, uh, still doing a lot in the leadership development world. Uh, and uh, and then more recently, uh, last year, or actually a couple of years ago, I started a podcast in the talent development space called the Talent Development Hot Seat. And that grew into uh, hosting a conference with a friend of mine in January 2020 called the Talent Development Think Tank, which was a big success. We had about 150 people there sold out. Uh, and uh, last year when COVID hit, I pivoted the business, uh, went out completely on my own. I launched a membership community uh, in the talent development space. I worked on and published my book called Own Your Career, Own Your Life, and uh, a few other things uh, to kind of pivot to, you know, adjust to the new way of doing things. Uh, and now I run that membership community. I do consulting in the, the talent development world. Uh, and I do speaking and consulting around career development as well, uh, based on my book. And uh, I, by the way, I mentioned I had moved around in California. I now live back in my hometown of Orlando, Florida. I'm happily married to my wife, Courtney, and we have two kids. Fantastic. Want to just um, highlight a couple things you said. One is career changing is okay. You don't yeah. have to feel guilty if you wake up one day and go, this isn't for me. I think it's it's worse to say, say, well, I should stick here because there's no because. It should be, let's change. And we will visit networking. It is one of my favorite topics. Um, mm. 80% of all jobs come through networking. And so, mm -hmm. yes, we're not going to let you off the hook until you've shared all about networking. But um, we did promise that we would talk about that whole process of, you know, either I don't know what I want to do or I don't like what I want to do. So tell us how you help people figure out what they want to do. Yeah, well, I, I do think there is a lot of benefit. I mean, if you're if you're young and you're early in your career, uh, by all means, follow your curiosity, try different things. You have plenty of time. And when I say young, I would say under 40, you definitely have right a lot of options, a lot of time uh, to try things. By the way, I'm 41, so I'm putting myself, I guess, in the old category. But uh, yeah, so I think there's a lot of benefit to having clarity, having a vision of where you want to go with your career. Uh, because it, for nothing else, it makes it a lot easier for you to make decisions when opportunities come along. Uh, you know, a recruiter calls you with an opportunity, you, your your job changes or you get laid off or uh, you decide you're unhappy and you're not trying to figure out exactly why, um, you know, or opportunities come your way, friends call you and you know, it, it's a lot easier to make that decision when you have clarity. Now, as far as how do you figure out where you want to go with your career, there's different ways to go about it. But in my book, I talk about the importance of connecting with your values, with your purpose, and thinking about your strengths and weaknesses, who you are. It really starts with a lot of self-assessment. And most people do not ever spend much time really doing much self-assessment, really figuring out who they are, uh, what their purpose is in the world, and, and where they want to go and what they want to do. And you know, some people are, are lucky. They, they, their purpose comes to them, and they know what it is. Other people are you know, spend their whole life trying to figure that out. And that's okay. You don't have to have a purpose in life per se, but it's good to know who you are. Um, you know, figure out, write down, spend some time writing down what are your strengths? What are the things that you're really good at doing? What are the things that you enjoy doing? Hopefully some of those overlap. Some of them may not. What are your weaknesses? What do you not like doing? Uh, for instance, I figured out uh, a few years into my career, it took a little while, 
But I figured I love working with people. I love having conversations. I love facilitating. I love speaking. Um, I am not very detail-oriented. So think about your weaknesses as well. And are those weaknesses you want to try to overcome? Or are they weaknesses you want to try to avoid? So I spent many years, uh, I mentioned I worked in insurance uh, as an analyst, a type of job that relies on detail-oriented skills. And I was often frustrated that I couldn't succeed or be promoted in those jobs. And I realized one day that, you know, I'm not a very detail-oriented person. This is not the right career for me. I need to make a change. And I also realized that, you know, I really enjoy going out, working with people, speaking with people. Um, maybe I should get into something more sales-related or where I can speak more. And so at some point, I went to my manager and said, when I was at the insurance company and said, hey, you know, I had this revelation. I think it would be better for both of us if I you know, made a shift and was able to spend more time in the field. Uh, and he denied me that request, by the way. And so I eventually left and I moved on because it wasn't a fit for my strengths. Um, and I think another thing you can do, so we were talking about kind of self-assessment. There's also a lot of assessments you can take, like the Strengths Finder, MBTI, DISC. You can find out a lot about yourself uh, and, and learn about yourself. I think it's also good to get feedback and ideas from colleagues and friends, people around you who know you pretty well. And you can ask them like, hey, you know, what do you see me doing down the line? What, what do you think I'm good at? What am I not so good at? Uh, and be willing to, to take it with a grain of salt, but listen. And what I've noticed a lot over time is that most people undervalue their strengths and their skills. Uh, in other words, a lot of times we recognize that we have a strength or a skill, but we assume because we're good at it, probably everybody is good at it. When it's really not true, right? Your friends might be looking at you in awe, like, oh my gosh, you are so good at this one thing. I could never do that, right? Like I might look at people who are really detail-oriented and can manage a project from beginning to end without making mistakes. And I'm just in awe. I can't do it, right? Um, so they can help you, your friends, your colleagues, your manager can help you recognize what those strengths are. And then you start to think about, well, what's a dream job look, for, look like for me? What's something that I'd really love to do? Um, and maybe it's not a dream or a passion, but maybe it's something you're more curious about. You know, I've always wanted to try X. Uh, one of the examples that I give in the book is, uh, you know, someone who works in finance, but maybe you decide that you are pretty people, people oriented and you'd like to try getting into HR or marketing. So, you know, make note of that. And then you figure out, okay, where do you want to go with your career? And that's when you start making a plan. And that's where, you know, a lot of people, first of all, not many people take the time to really assess who they are, the strengths, weaknesses, where they want to go. And then even if they do, a lot of people have dreams, but they don't do anything about it, Right. When you actually make a plan and you create goals and you make a plan to go achieve those, uh, then you really set yourself apart because a lot of people have goals without a plan and they say a goal without a plan is really just a wish. Um, but if you put a plan in place, like I want to, you know, I'm in finance, but I want to get into HR, uh, I'm going to go get a certification. I'm going to start networking with people in HR. I'm going to head over to the HR department once a week and have lunch with people over there, reach out to people and have a virtual coffee and just learn whatever I can and see if it's something that might fit me and build my network in that space until I get an offer, until I feel comfortable applying for a job like that. Uh, and you kind of lay out a plan for how you're going to do it. You're a lot more likely to succeed in that. And the really cool thing is a lot of people get hung up also on, well, what if I do all that and I move to HR and I find out that it's not something I enjoy, right? Well, that's okay. The good news is at least you tried, you gave it a shot, right? 
and you could probably always go back or you still have the finance skills or, or whatever job you came from. Um, I personally prefer to go after my dreams, take chances, do the things that I'm interested in, I'm curious about, uh, and not live with any wonders or regrets like, oh, I wonder what would have happened if I had done that, but I was too scared and I never did it. Uh, I don't want to live with that regret, so I want to give that a shot. Uh, and there's plenty more resources out there, but it really all starts with a lot of self-assessment um, and you know, kind of figuring out like what is it you enjoy and what do you really want to do? And if you had a dream scenario, what would it be? I think that's a great uh, approach. And just to um, put some emphasis on some of the things you said, one is that self-assessment, um, do it yourself. Ask other people what your strengths and weaknesses are. For some of our young listeners, that doesn't mean that you ask somebody what you want to be when, when or what you should be, what your career should be, because that will kind of box you in. It's asking, mm. what do you see my strengths, you know, and then try it. You know, it's okay to try it. And you're talking about 40. You know, I work with people in their 50s and 60s that are still trying it because it's okay to try. Absolutely. Better to try and to fail than to always wonder, gee, I wonder if I would have really liked being in human resources or I wonder if I would have liked being being in sales. Yeah. So, and, um, and people now are, are staying, sorry to interrupt, people now are staying in the workforce. People used to retire 55, 65. People are staying in the workforce 70s, 80s. And, you know, if you really love what you do, you may never want to retire. So you really have plenty of time. And I think that's an important thing to remember. If you're doing what you love, it really isn't work. I mean, it's hard. You get tired, but you're enthusiastic every day and you don't want to give it up. You know, when you talk to somebody that says, oh, yeah, I'm going to retire in 14 years, five days and three hours. That's somebody you want to see. Have you you thought about, uh, you know, maybe changing field, maybe changing careers for the next, you know, 14 14 years and see if you can find find something. So um, any other thoughts in in that process of um, developing that vision? I really like when you talked about developing a plan, just not an idea, but a plan. What Talk us through a little bit of maybe some of the, the points in a plan. Yeah. And, and by the way, another point I meant, I threw in there too, is connecting to your values. I think that can be really valuable as well. Uh, and if you just Google, you know, values assessment, you can find these exercises where you can determine your values, usually they throw like 50 or a hundred different value phrases or words at you. And then you, your job is to narrow it down to three to five, which is really, really hard because you're like, I care about all these things. But at the end of the day, what you value is what is your top priority? What's the most important thing to you? And that helps you drive decisions. The, the classic example I always like to give is, um, you know, if you say you value health and you also value socializing and being around people, and you get to 5 p.m. and you're planning on going to the gym and your friends invite you to happy hour, what do you do, right? There's no right or wrong answer, but what you choose probably is uh, closely related to what is your most important value. Um, As far as making that plan, so you decide where you wanna go with your career, Uh, you set some goals like, I'm gonna move into HR in the next 12 months, something like that. Um, Figure out what's gonna help you get there and then write it down, write down the goal, write down the plan. You know, the studies show that uh, just the act of writing down your goals uh, increases your chances of, of, uh, of achieving them by quite a lot. I don't remember the exact number. And then the next best thing you can do is to tell somebody about it. So talk to your colleagues, maybe even talk to your manager. If there's someone who is very supportive of you, talk to your friends or family and say, hey, I'd really like to try to make this move into HR. 
Do you have ideas around that? Can you hold me accountable? Here are the things I'm going to do to help me get there. So whenever someone says to me, I really want to do X, I want to start this business or I want to make this career change. My next question is always going to be, okay, well, how are you going to do it? You know, I want to know what are the tactics? Because if you don't have a clear plan, it's never going to happen. So some of the tactics might be, I'm going to take an online course, right? And it's a three-month course and I'm going to complete it by June 1st. I'm going to start to build my network in HR by reaching out to three people every single week and having two virtual coffee chats or three virtual coffee chats every single week where I connect with somebody and have a conversation. Um, I'm going to read a book, one book every month or two months on this topic so that I can you know, up my game and I can learn more and become more educated. Uh, when you write down what those things are and then you track your progress on those, right? So I use a journal uh, and I created a companion journal to go with my book as well to help uh, people reading it. Um, but I use a journal every day and I track the progress towards my goal because they say what gets measured gets done. And when you can write those down, when you can check in, when you can have accountability partners or even, even better hire a coach, someone who can push you through this, a career coach or some other type of life coach or performance coach, uh, they can really help you accelerate that, that success of achieving your goals because you have someone holding you accountable. I always achieve way more when I have someone holding me accountable to the things I said I'm going to do. Yeah, I think it's great if we have an accountability coach or friend that we can share with. Once you say it out loud and, and you check in with each other once mm-hmm. a week, once a month, it really, really makes a difference. Um, we are going to take a very short break and we're going to come back and continue our conversation with Andy. And we're going to jump into how to find that job once you know the direction you want to want to take. So we'll be right back. out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Are you worried your job will end? Is there someone in your life who is facing a layoff? Career transition specialist Lorraine Beeman has condensed 20 years of experience helping people cope with sudden unemployment into an easy to read how-to book, Career Restart. Practical advice for surviving and moving forward after a job loss. Knowing how to handle a job loss will help you move into your next job. This book guides you through the restart of your career. From how to prepare for a termination meeting to how to respond to interview questions about your job loss. Lorraine's book offers strategies for moving from terminated to hired. Tap into proven methods for changing the focus from job loss to career success. Career Restart, practical advice for surviving and moving forward after a job loss. Available at Amazon.com. Click the link on the Career Central show page to pick up your copy today. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. You are tuned into Career Central. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, you may send it to Lorraine at interviewtowork.com. That's Lorraine at interview, the number two, work.com. Now, back to Career Central. 
Welcome back to Career Central and our conversation with Andy. Before the break, Andy was sharing with us about how to identify the next career, maybe not the only career because he's shared with us how often he changed careers. And we both talked about how important it was to do what you you love, which may mean a career change. We talked a little bit about what I call your career DNA, why you're unique and different from everybody else. And Andy reinforced the fact that sometimes you assume that what you do can be done by everybody else not true. So you are a unique individual. Work through Andy's plan. You're ready to go. So now the big question is, okay, Andy, I know what I want to do. What are the next steps in helping me find a job in that field? Well, uh, I first of all, if I'm looking for a job, uh, I am really big on, you know, we already talked about accountability and uh, that sort of stuff. I love uh, if I can afford to hiring a coach or a mentor or joining an accountability group or a mastermind group, uh, either you know in my business or my career to help push me and and really accelerate that. I mean, so many people try to do things on their own, uh, which is always possible, but you're going to get better results if you are getting help. So uh, if I'm looking for a new job, I'm going to go hire a career coach like you, Lorraine, or someone else out there. Um, you know, there's a there's a bunch of great career coaches. And uh, I'm going to work with someone who's an expert on finding that job or next career and get guidance from them. Um, the next thing I am doing, I am focused on is networking, networking, networking by far. I think it's the most important thing you can do. When I look back across my career, almost every job I've gotten, almost every business opportunity I've gotten, has all come from my network, have come from relationships. And um, if you're just starting out and you feel like, well, I don't have a very big network, that's Okay. Um, you can start building that network today. Just don't wait until that desperate situation where you have to, you know, dig your well before you're thirsty is a phrase I heard about networking a long, long time ago. So my approach to networking is uh, find people who are doing the jobs that you want to do so that you can learn more about that career and make those connections uh, or talk to people and or talk to people in the companies that you might want to work for, or the industries you want to work in. Uh, LinkedIn, I think, is the best place to go do that. Uh, but also uh, check alumni directories for, you know, if you're in a university or you recently graduated in the last few years, or heck, even if it's been 30 years, I think, you know, reaching out to people uh, and asking them if they'll take some time to talk to you about their career is a great strategy. And I find most people usually say yes to that. If you just say, you know, hey, Lorraine, I noticed that you are an HR director. I work in finance, but I'm trying to, I want to make a move into HR uh, I wonder if I could just get on the phone or Zoom with you and just ask you some questions about your career. I want to learn, you know, how you got where you are and what you like about it, what you don't like about it. And I find a lot of people say yes to that. I've done tons of those informational interviews. I think they're they're really great, really successful. You you learn a lot about that job or career, and that helps you figure out is it actually the job you want to get into, or maybe it's not. And the side benefit of that is I found in my experience and talking to others as well is that sometimes job opportunities come your way, right? You get on the phone with Lorraine, she's talking with you, she's impressed. And all of a sudden she says, you know what, we're actually hiring somebody. Uh, you know, you might want to apply for this, this position. Can, you know, do you have a resume I can put in front of my boss or, or something like that? Um, I mentioned checking alumni directories because uh, if you get on LinkedIn and you reach out to people, and again, I think that's the best place to go. It, it's, it's the largest, one of the largest social networks. It's a lot more corporate, you know, professional focused. Mm -hmm. um, almost everybody in the working world, especially the corporate world is on LinkedIn uh, and is pretty active on there. Uh, you can reach out to people, you know, run a search, reach out to people and say, hey, I say, you know, I saw you worked in HR. I'd love to connect with you. Um, some people are a little bit 
standoffish. Um, they might be worried you're trying to sell something to them, something like that. I find if you can find any kind of commonality, people warm up a lot more, right? So that that college affiliation is a big one. If you if you mostly search people that went to your college, uh, if you don't have that, look for other commonalities. Maybe they worked for the same company you did at some point, uh, or they're from the same uh, city or town, uh, or there's something else in common that you can mention when reaching out to them. I find it warms people up a lot more. It definitely does for me. It shows you're paying attention that you're interested in them. And then when you do talk to people, uh, you know, get curious, lead with curiosity. Uh, and, uh, you know, look, let them talk more about themselves. And then if they ask about you, that's, that's great as well. Um, but that's the, the biggest thing I'm doing after hiring a coach, I'm building my network. And then the other thing that I'm thinking about is my brand, my reputation. So how am I showing up both, uh, with people I meet with that I work with, um, but also how am I showing up, showing up online on social media? Uh, in other words, are you getting on LinkedIn or Twitter and are you interacting with people? Are you posting content? Are you interacting with other people's content, commenting, liking? Um, it can be a little scary sometimes, but I think all that adds up. And when I've talked to recruiter friends of mine and asked them, you know, hey, if, if you're evaluating someone for a candidate for a job, are you just looking at, you know, the jobs they've done their experience on their LinkedIn profile? Or are you also looking at uh, the content that they've posted or engaged in? And they say, oh, absolutely. We're looking at everything on there to see uh, what they've been doing. And I think there's an opportunity to share content, to post things, even if it's just articles you've been reading, to show that you are learning, that you're curious, that you're knowledgeable about the subject that you work in. And I think, you know, those things are not, none of those things are a magic bullet. They're not going to get you the job the next day, uh, but they're all things that could lead to you getting that next job and really benefit you in the long term. Um, you just touched on two of my favorite topics. I told you earlier, networking and then um, developing your brand. Even though you and I are true believers in networking, um, I want to take it back a step for the person that's out there going, oh, yeah, well, this was great until this point, and you talked to me about networking, and I don't like to, to beg people for jobs and all that. So let's walk through, you know, how you, how you start a relationship. You see somebody on, on LinkedIn, looks like they have an interesting – you're looking for somebody that has a career that you're interested in or right. a company that you're interested in. Um, you pull it down and you have that option of connecting. You have an option of making a note. Let's take it from there. What, what would you, what would you write in that note or how would you do that? Yeah, I like that. Get a, get a little more tactical about it. Well, first of all, I'm glad you brought that up, Lorraine, because you always want to personalize your connection request. Uh, and if you're on LinkedIn on your computer, it's very easy. You just hit connect and it asks you if you want to add a note or not. You always want to add a note. If you happen to be doing this on your mobile device, it's a little trickier. I've noticed the LinkedIn app, uh, at least on my iPhone, uh, if you just hit connect, it'll just send a connection request without a note. You have to go into like the three dots, the more section and go to personalize invite. And then it'll allow you to write a note uh, that goes out with your connection request. And I would write something to the effect of, you know, hey, Lorraine, I, I see that you work in HR at XYZ company. Uh, I currently work in finance, but I'm interested in making a move to HR. Uh, and your profile came to my attention. I'd love to connect with you and chat with you if you have time to learn more about your career and what you like about it, what you don't like about it. Uh, something like that. Um, if there's anything in their profile that you can bring up that shows you're paying attention um, for instance, uh, hey, Lorraine, I noticed that you live in the Sacramento area. Uh, I used to live in California and I've passed through Sacramento many times. I've visited the capital. 
Um, you know, I, hopefully you could do better than this, but I'm looking for commonalities for us right now, Lorraine. Um, actually, you know, for example, uh, I recently, I connected with a guy this week, a potential client, and I noticed that he went to Southern Indiana University, which is in Evansville, Indiana. And I'm from Florida. I don't live in Indiana. I never have. But growing up, I had family in Evansville, Indiana, and we used to, we used to travel there to visit family. So I mentioned that to him and he warmed up right away. We got on the phone call. We started talking about Evansville and the university and other things. It just, again, finding that commonality, I find often warms people up and allows you to build that, that trust factor faster. Um, but anyway, I'm sending that connection request and uh, hopefully, you know, th at that point, the ball's in their court to accept it or not. But once they do, I'm going to follow up and send a really nice message saying, you know, hey, Lorraine, thank you so much for connecting with me. Uh, again, I saw that you worked in HR. I am interested in making a move to HR. And uh, I'm just interviewing a few or reaching out to a few people uh, that I've found that have attractive profiles. I noticed that you have worked in three different companies that are really interesting. And I'd love to get on Zoom or a phone call with you sometime just to ask you some questions about your job and learn more about what you do, what you like about it, what you don't like about it, um, as I'm in, you know, looking to make the next move in my career. And again, you're, you're not asking them for anything other than their time to, to you know, talk about themselves. You're not asking them for a job or then to put reputation on the line or anything like that. And I find a lot of people are pretty warm to that. The other thing you need to do is you've got to be ready and willing to follow up. So if I'm doing this well, I'm tracking all of these uh, people that I reached out to, you know, on a spreadsheet or a list or a piece of paper, whatever it may be, uh, knowing that, hey, I sent Lorraine a message on April 7th and, uh, you know, five days later, she hasn't responded. So I'm going to send one or two more follow-ups and say, hey, Lorraine, I sent you a message today. I don't know if you got a chance to see it. Um, I still love to schedule some time with you if you are willing. And I know if, if you're new to this game, I've been in sales for quite some time, but if you're new to this game, it always feels awkward to follow up with people. You feel like you're being annoying, but I promise you, think about how busy you have been at times when you've lost track of email or messages. Um, I personally right now probably have about 250 unread messages in my LinkedIn uh, message thread there. And the person who follows up with me multiple times is the person who's going to get a meeting with me, most likely. Um, patience and persistence is my mantra on this. Uh, and most people appreciate it when you do follow up with them. So be willing to follow up. Don't be annoying. Don't do it day after day after day. Um, but I'm probably following up on average twice. So send a message, no response, maybe three to five days later, one more message, no response. A week later, one more message. And then if there's someone you really, really want to talk to, I might follow up two or three more times. But if it's not that big a deal, uh, move on to someone who's more interested in talking to you. And, you know, you could do this 10 times a week and really start setting up a lot of calls. And again, if they are uh, from the same university as you, I would definitely mention that. Like, hey, I graduated from the University of Florida. I noticed that you are so, also are a graduate. Um, I'd love to talk to you about your career and, and find out more. Um, so that's my approach. What else do you normally recommend, Lorraine? I think that you're recommending exactly um, what I recommend. And what I really want to emphasize is that that message out isn't I'm looking for a job, all that. Right. It's the I want to know about you. You're asking people to get on the phone and answer questions that they can answer. And, that, and you're, you're trying to find a comfort zone for them. I yeah. love your strategy about following up. It sounds to me like a great calendaring in a project. Just put it on your calendar, you know, pop, pop up and remember and emphasizing the fact, how many people, time have you missed an email? I actually got somebody that said, you know, I found your email from two years ago. 
you know, which is <laughs> I fine. do that all the time. I wasn't, I wasn't, I mean, it was great. We re- we connected. So the following, the follow-up is really good. And I think with LinkedIn, it's still a little confusing about how messages come in for people. It's easy to get a whole bunch of messages and, and um, you know, miss one. So totally so yeah. happens yeah. all the time. So yeah, the fortune is in the follow-up they say. Yeah. And again, you know, I, I said over 80% of jobs come through networking. So you should be spending a lot of time networking and it's okay. I know I always encourage people to do that final comment. Like, is there anything I can do for you? Even if you're unemployed and all that, there probably is something that, that you can share. I mean, you know, you're in Orlando, somebody's in, in Everson. Oh, you know, what's the best time to see Disney World? I've got two kids or something like that. Yeah. So you, again, we went back to, you know, you have your strengths, you have the, the knowledge um, that you can share. So that is- Yeah. And another, you know, when it comes to networking, another question that comes up a lot is from people who consider themselves shy or introverted mm-hmm. to say like, hey, this is always awkward for me. Um, number one, you're going to have to push through that and, and get good at this because it is just critical. There's no way around it. I mean, you can apply for jobs online all day long. I'm sure you've seen it, Lorraine. Oh, yeah. And the people with the connections are always going to have an advantage over you. Number two, I think people get intimidated by networking because they think of walking in that room with the big networking event and there's like 100 people and you don't know who to talk to or what to say. But this is very different. This is, this is more pointed. It's more intentional. It's one-on-one. You're sending a message to someone. If they get on the phone with you, remember to always lead with curiosity. Like you said, Lorraine, you know, you're asking them questions about them and their career, things that they are very comfortable talking about. And I always go back to uh, the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie, which is some 80 years old and still ranks true today everybody's favorite word is their name and everybody's favorite subject is themselves, mm-hmm. right? doesn't matter if you're shy, you're introverted, you're extroverted. Everybody loves talking about themselves. It's their favorite subject to talk about. So ask them questions about their career. And then I love what you said, Lorraine, seek to add value if you can. Just, you know, you won't always be able to, but maybe they mention something uh, they're interested in and you recently read an article about it. Send them an article, send them a book, um, offer to help them with anything. You know, if you... Uh, seek to add value and help others enough. I believe strongly in karma. Uh, it's going to come back to you, right? So you add value, you help others with no expectations. You're going to have that coming back to you. People are going to help you. I think the great Zig Ziglar said, if you help enough people get what they want, uh, you'll also be able to get what you want, right? And, it, and I've seen it time and time again. Um, even just with my book launch, I had so many people reaching out, supporting me, posting about my book on social media because I had spent years helping and supporting others with no expectations whatsoever. Uh, and I see it coming back to me time and time again. So uh, lead with curiosity and always seek to help others and it'll come back to you. And I want to, for the, for the introvert, I want to, you know, emphasize the fact LinkedIn is really great because it's just between you and LinkedIn. You're not in a room where you're feeling awkward and embarrassed. You've got the the power of, you know, you're in your safe space and you're able to reach out with a, you know, a, a comment or a connecting phrase that you've worked on and you you've cut and paste it. So yeah, I think that um, you're right, work through it, but then also realize that you're just reaching out to another person who may be, you know, someday a coworker. And so you're building that, that relationship, whatever you need to do to kind of psych yourself up into making sure, cause you're right. I have worked with people who've come to me and said, I don't understand. I've applied for 150 jobs and nobody's ever called me. And, you know, within a couple of weeks, people are calling because we're, we're developing that net network. People like to hire people they know, they know about, and you want to be on their, on their radar screen. So thank you. Um, real quick on, on personal branding too, because I think especially 
for folks that are all over social media, having a brand. So tell us how you developed your brand. Yeah, for me, I started really getting into this a few years ago, and I've developed my brand a few different ways. Number one, I think the best, most important way to build your brand is through networking and through a network, because the more people you know and how you interact with them uh, shows the type of person you are, and that develops a reputation, and they're willing to talk to other people about you. Uh, number two, I host uh, two podcasts, uh, and so that's allowed me to connect with more people. Uh, it's allowed me to get my my voice out there, uh, so I've built a brand that way. And then I'm very active on social media, so I'm I'm sharing content almost every day on LinkedIn. Um, I'm also fairly active on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, I host rooms on Clubhouse from time to time, uh, and I I don't really know how to use Twitter, but I do tweet uh, from time to time. Uh, but you got to pick your battles, right? You got to know what your strengths are and where your people are. Um, for me, because I'm in corporate sales and I want to network with people in the corporate world. LinkedIn is where I spend most of my time. So I'm, I'm sharing content. I'm also interacting with other people's comment, com, you know, content, com, commenting, liking, um, and then going to direct messages, sending people messages, getting people on phone calls on Zoom. Uh, and I think all of that adds up to building a brand and consistency is, has been really important too. So I've been doing this consistently for years now. And I have, I think, a pretty strong brand in a lot of places where people know who I am and, and like the type of work I do and the content that I put out um, because I've been consistently doing a lot of that. Uh, it takes time. It definitely takes time, but you just got to get started. And it may not be every day like what I do, but you know, once a week you share an article or something like that uh, and you start to get practice putting that out there. I mean, I do videos. I do all kinds of stuff. You find what fits your strengths and what you're comfortable with and what you like doing uh, and then you do more of that. And, um, you know, I, I find it, it adds up and it, it, it continues to, to build that brand and pay off for me. I think you go back to that first thing, that assessment, you know, what are your values? You know, you know, what are your strengths? And then you play to that. It, everything in your brand emphasizes, you know, what you can bring to the workplace. We're going to take a really short break. And then when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with Andy. And we're going to talk to him about what's changing in the future of work. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Are you worried your job will end? Is there someone in your life who is facing a layoff? Career transition specialist Lorraine Beeman has condensed 20 years of experience helping people cope with sudden unemployment into an easy-to-read how-to book. Career Restart. Practical advice for surviving and moving forward after a job loss. Knowing how to handle a job loss will help you move into your next job. This book guides you through the restart of your career. From how to prepare for a termination meeting to how to respond to interview questions about your job loss. Lorraine's book offers strategies for moving from terminated to hired. Tap into proven methods for changing the focus from job loss to career success. Career Restart, practical advice for surviving and moving forward after a job loss. Available at Amazon.com. Click the link on the Career Central show page to pick up your copy today. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa. 
Play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. You are tuned into Career Central. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, you may send it to Lorraine at interviewtowork.com. That's Lorraine at interview, the number two, work.com. Now, back to Career Central. Welcome back to Career Central and our conversation with Andy. Before the, the break, he was talking about networking, you know, my favorite topic about developing your brand. So we are good to go into the next phase. And I'm, but the world of work has changed a little bit. Now, the pandemic has changed how we do things. What do you think? How is it going to affect the future work as we, you know, as part of that plan for your career and development? What changes do you think are coming on that we need to consider? Yeah, I love talking about this topic of the future of work. And it's something that's it's changing all the time, right? And we saw a lot of things get accelerated in 2020 because of the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, you know, just for example, uh, there were, so I work with a lot of big companies and there are a lot of traditional sort of conservative companies, you could say, where, or with conservative leadership who said, we will never let our people work from home. They absolutely must be in the office. If they're not there, we can't, you know, we can't really trust them to get their job done. They won't be productive if they're at home. And overnight, right, almost overnight, they all had to change and send people to work from home. And what they found, surprisingly, was that people were not less productive. They're actually more productive and even more engaged in many cases um, when they work from home. Now, the flip side, the downside to that is people have been overworked. More people are burning out. We're going to see more mental health issues because people are not taking vacations. They're not taking time off. The computer is always right there, right? You can always do more work. Plus, for a lot of people, the kids have been home a lot of the time when they weren't they're trying to homeschool while they, while they do their jobs and working crazy hours. And um, it, it, things have changed a lot right now. You're going to see some companies go back and have people come back to the office. You're going to see some companies that say, hey, this works great. We're going to stay in a virtual world. Um, as a result, I think we will see a lot more flexibility in the future as far as people being able to work remotely. You know, you work for a company based in Silicon Valley, but you can stay in your hometown of Dayton, Ohio, as long as you've got a great internet connection, you know, it really doesn't matter that much. Uh, you're going to see more flexibility, things like that, things that, you know, younger millennials and Gen Z have been demanding for a while. Anyway, that's starting to happen. The other thing that we need to keep in mind, and this is sort of always happening, is that jobs are changing all the time, right? And I think there's, uh, you know, there's a tendency, there's kind of an old uh, belief, and now it's a myth, I think, that you can get your college degree and work in that job for the next 40 years and be fine based on that degree, right? But jobs are changing all the time. Uh, there are many jobs today that exist that didn't exist 15 years ago, and your job that you might have today might not exist in 15 years. So easy example is uh, social media manager. I mean, every company has a social media manager or a team of people managing social media. And that job didn't exist 15 years ago, right? And it may be completely different 15 years from now. So I think we got to be constantly educating ourselves. Um, even if you are in a career that you think that you enjoy, that's something you want to stay in for a long time, uh, you can't rest on your laurels. You've got to be educating yourself, um, continuous learning, doing things like listening to radio and podcast shows like this, um, investing in online courses, reading books, 
doing lots of different things to keep yourself educated on what's going on. The other thing that I think we're going to start changing, and we've been hearing about this for some time, is a move to more of a what they call a gig economy. So uh, a lot of people moving into more freelance and consulting type work, uh, and even people staying within big companies doing more uh, project-based work. So instead of being hired for a job with a specific job description and staying in that role for three to five years, uh, a lot more uh, of a talent marketplace. And I know several companies now that are setting up what they call a talent marketplace where people can move around a lot easier. And they'll, they're hoping to have technology that will easily match you know, your skill profile with an opening in the company for a project or a job and you know, take out uh, race, gender, anything that has caused bias in the past and just be able to say, hey, Lorraine has an opening for this. Andy has these skills. Let's match them up and see if he can move over and do that job. Uh, and then you'll be able to interview for that or, or get an offer. Uh, and a lot of times it's still going to come down to, by the way, connections and reputation. So we can't, we can't think that technology is going to replace all that because it, it's still going to exist there. Um, but I think that, uh, and, and then the last thing I'll say about the future of work as things are changing, my own personal philosophy Although I've seen presentations and data to kind of back this up, you know, there's been a lot of there's been a lot of focus for many years on STEM and technology skills, and I think it's really important to have um, those those hard tech skills. Uh, but I think the the quote unquote soft skills or what I like to call power skills, uh, like emotional intelligence, EQ, relationship management, sales, I think those are going to become more and more and more important as we go on because the technology almost takes care of itself, right? Like robots are going to start to run the world. Um, but it's the people that have the true people skills that can build relationships that are going to rise to the top, you know, and be great leaders, be great managers. You've got to have great EQ. You've got to be able to talk to people. You've got to be able to have conversations. And some people are naturally better at that than others, but they absolutely can be learned, right? You can go take courses, you can read books, you can practice and practice and get better at those things. And I think they're often forgotten sometimes, especially if you're in a technical field like software uh, engineering, like you've got to keep learning about how to be good software engineer. Um, but man, those uh, those quote unquote soft skills, I think are becoming more and more important and you just cannot ignore those because they could be the things that really help you move to the next level. And I totally agree with you. And I think the pandemic has brought that out because there's not that casual, you meet somebody in the hall, you see them, you have to purposefully start mm -hmm. a conversation, set up a Zoom. And for those that are not actively doing that, you know, one is they're not building their brand, they're not making their connections. But also, if they're leading a team, their team is not as not as stable, not mm -hmm. as functional. And so, I want to emphasize, especially the communications, um, developing those skills. Because as we go virtual, as you know, you've got a team member in Dayton and one in Orlando and one in Sacramento. You're gonna have you can't physically feel you know pull those people together and pick up the body language. You've got to do it through technology. Absolutely. And you're right. Yeah. Um, that, you know, engineering, math, all of that, very important, but it's people working with people and developing and moving forward and, and projects and stuff that so depend on those soft skills. So thank you for, for mentioning that because we sometimes do get that, oh, I'm going to get my training and then I'm going to go do my job. And in this virtual world, it's, it's communication that's going to be more and more important. And it's well, always we talked been, about that. We talked about that reputation and brand, right? Like if, if two people interview for the same software engineering job, and they both have similar experience or technical skills, but one of them just seems a lot like, e like they'll be easier to get along with, right? More collaborative. 
you know, who do you think is going to get the job? It's going to be the person that has the, the better reputation or is seemingly uh, going to be easier to get along with, better attitude, you know, all these little things that add up to, to affect your reputation and your brand. Yeah. And just exactly what you're saying is build that reputation, maintain that reputation. You know, how do you want the world to see you? you know, on time, detail oriented, connecting, you know, being the initiator, being so that you continue that through your work, even when you're working virtually, those are your standards. So people go, oh yeah, you know, Andy, that's the go-to guy. I mean, great speaker. We've got to have him, you know, come do our next training. So um, what other advice would you give folks that are starting their career? I mean, let's talk about all those folks that are graduating with that degree. They've got it in their hand you know, virtual graduation. And now they have to go out and find that job virtually. Yeah. Oh, virtual, virtual graduation. <laughs> it kind of makes me sad, it does. Uh, but you know, it's the challenge we're living in and, and people are getting through it. Right. Uh, yeah. So I mean, everything we've talked about rings true. Right. And if you're starting out again, you may not have the bigger, biggest network, uh, but start now, you know, start talking to people, having those virtual coffees uh, and even in-person coffees as the world starts to open back up. Um, meeting with people who are doing things that you might be interested in. Follow your curiosity. People talk about following your passion. You may not know what your passion is or your passion may not pay the bills, right? If you like to play the guitar, but you're not good enough to fill a concert hall, um, follow your curiosity. What type of jobs and careers are you curious about? Uh, Start to have conversations with people doing those things. Learn what you can. Try different things um, because you do have a long career. Um, The other thing I'll say, and we talked about the importance of learning and networking and building your brand is let's not forget about the personal side of things, uh, the own your life part, if you will. So I've got that part in my book as well, um, that you know you are a whole person. And uh, if you are in a job search, you've got to treat it like a job, but you don't want to be doing it 80 hours a week and burn yourself out, right? You've got to take care of yourself as well. I'm a big, big health and fitness enthusiast. I really do think it's so important to take care of yourself and remember that you only have one life throughout all this. So getting enough sleep, um, you know, eating healthy, getting exercise. Um, I'm big on meditation and mindfulness. I meditate every single day. Uh, I think all of those things are really important. And then think about, you know, we went, we were talking earlier about how to uh, make a plan and achieve your goals. And we talked about writing it down and, and accountability. Um, but I'm also big on prioritization and, you know, setting your priorities and having, you know, spending your time in the places that are going to help move you forward. So if you say you want to, try moving into HR and you're going to take a course and you're going to network, you've got to block that time and make sure you're spending a couple hours a week or more working on that. And, you know, as much as you'd love to catch up on Game of Thrones or whatever Netflix show you want to watch, like your friends, or you'd like to go out for happy hour or watch sports all day on Saturday and Sunday, sometimes if you you have big goals and you really want to move forward, you've got to cut back on that stuff and do the things that are actually going to be productive and benefit you and and move you forward. And there's a lot of people uh, in this world who are really drifting through life, uh, who are doing things that they think they should do because society says uh, we need to keep up on the latest shows on Netflix, or we need to watch every single uh, NBA playoff game or um, the entire college basketball tournament. But when you look back, those things don't really benefit you. And I'm saying this as someone who spent most of my twenties watching every sports game and uh, I'm realizing, I realized later that it really wasn't doing anything for my, my life. It wasn't moving me forward. It wasn't helping me achieve my goals. It wasn't helping me grow. It wasn't helping me become more successful. It was just something to do to pass the time. It was entertaining, but that was all it was. And so I'm really big advocate now on taking stock of how and where you're spending your time 
and thinking about the things that you're doing and are they moving you forward and helping you achieve your goals or are they just keeping you static or maybe moving you backwards? And that means you also need to take stock of the people that you're surrounding yourself with. Um, are these people who are rooting you on, who are pushing you or challenging you, who are celebrating you? Or are they the type of people who are complaining all the time and operating with a victim mindset and, and trying to hold you back? And we all know those people and uh, it's tough to leave them behind, but we really got to think about who we're surrounding ourselves with if we want to become successful, I think it's really important to, to make sure you're spending your time on the right activities and surround ourselves with the right people who are going to help support us and move us forward. I want to build off something you said to folks that, um, and usually it's a parent that calls this, is my child's not motivated to find a job. They just, you know, it's because they haven't found their passion. Mm. When you find your passion, when you find what, that curiosity it's easy to make those decisions. Oh, I'd rather be networking than watching a ball game. But if you feel like you're boxed in, oh, you know, I got to go get a job, you know, you're going to feel boxed in and, and will want the relief of the Netflix and all of that. So I think it, it's kind of a, you know, symbiotic relationship. You find the passion, you're motivated. But if, you know, if you're not motivated, find find the passion. We um, ask each of our guests to suggest an action our listeners can take immediately after the show so that they can start to develop a career advancing strategy. What do you want to challenge them to do? Besides reading and besides buying and reading my book? Uh, well, so that's top of the list. Yes. Top of the list, right? Um, after that, uh, the action you're going to take right after listening to this show is to sit down with a notebook, with a journal, and write down your thoughts, write down your strengths, your weaknesses, what you enjoy, what you're good at. What is that career that you really want to get to? Uh, that dream that you have, and what is going to get you there. Start to write down some goals and some steps, and then call a friend or a colleague and tell them about it and say, hey, I just listened to this great interview. Um, I heard this guy, Andy, talking about this. I wrote down a bunch of notes um, about things I want to get to because I, I, he said that if I write it down, it's a lot more likely I'll achieve it. And then if I tell somebody, it's even more likely that I'll achieve it. So I want to talk to you about it and see what you think. And then you can get feedback. Maybe they also are interested in making a change and you can find some accountability. Um, but I think it starts with having that conversation. And also the other thing I'll add, um, we haven't really talked about this, but take an ownership mindset, which means you take ownership and responsibility for everything that is going on in your life right now, your current situation. If you're not happy with your job, own it. You know, that's on you. Um, so what is it? Is it something that you need to tweak or do you want to completely change your job or your career or your situation? And then what are you going to do about it? Make a goal, set a goal, make a plan, and then start taking action right away. Don't wait for somebody else to tell you what to do um, because nobody cares more about your career than you do. So you've got to set your intention. You've got to take the action. Absolutely. Fantastic suggestion. So um, before we end the show, how can our listeners learn more about you, connect with you? Yeah. Well, the book is Own Your Career, Own Your Life. It's available on Amazon. Um, I also have some free resources available, uh, including uh, a, uh, a guide to the five steps to owning your career and uh, a report on the top five most common career mistakes that people make. And you can get those as well as some other free resources by going to my website, ownyourcareerownyourlife.com slash bonus. That's ownyourcareerownyourlife.com slash bonus. Just put in your email. You get all the bonus resources that go along with the book. Uh, and of course, as I mentioned earlier, I've got a couple of podcasts. I'm active on LinkedIn and Instagram. So come follow me there. Make sure you tell me you heard me on Lorraine's show. Uh, so I can uh, know where you came from and we can connect and uh, I can support you on your journey. 
Fantastic. And um, I can't emphasize enough, get the book, read it, follow Andy, uh, just invaluable advice, everything he shared today, you know, put it into action and you will be on the path to the career that you really, really want. Um, next week, our guest is um, uh, David Dupree, and he is going to be talking about connecting with um, recruiters. And until next week, I want you to remember this is Lorraine Beeman encouraging you to take care of your career because you are the only one qualified to do it. Thank you for joining us for this week's edition of Career Central. Be sure to join your host, Lorraine Beeman, for another program next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Enjoy your week.